Hey guys, it's me, Blake, and you're listening to Blonde Hair, Black Heart. I'm so excited because I'm here with my best friend in the entire world. If you listen to the Church of Housewives, you might recall Brittany with Crohn's, the legendary <laughs> Brittany with Crohn's. Hey! <laughs> hey, Britt! Um, I'm so happy to have you here. We were texting the other day, and you were talking about the finale of Euphoria, and I was like, oh my god, you have to come on the podcast so we can talk about it. I have a lot of thoughts. I know you have a lot of oh thoughts. Oh my God, I have so many. I, ju- I, I live for Euphoria. I just, I can't even tell you how obsessed I am. When did you start watching it? I started like very recently. For so long, people at work were like talking about it. Every I was always reading about it on Instagram. And I'm like, I remember I watched the first episode and I was like, oh, this is cool. But I didn't really get into it. Once I started it again recently, I binged the entire first season and I ended pretty much I finished season two right with everybody else like which I never do but I mean I was a little late but like pretty much it's been so quick and I'm just obsessed yeah that's how I was too I started watching the first season like last month and I just kind of watched it all day during the day while I was mm-hmm. working. Um, and then I just got so into it and, and Matt would come home from work and I would be like telling him all about it and like trying to explain it. And then finally I was like, okay, you just need to watch it. Yeah. So I started it over again, uh, like two weeks ago with him and we plowed through all of the first season and then all of the second season. And we were able to catch up by the finale too. So we were able to watch the finale, uh, like live together. Um, but I'm, I'm so excited to talk about it. I loved season two. So let's just dive in, shall we? Yeah, totally. So when season two opens, we're, uh, learning about Fezco and Ashtray's backstories. (laughs) We we meet Fez's grandma. Oh my God. We learn how Ashtray joined the family. We learn how about Fezco got into the drug trade. We also learn why he's a little bit slow on the uptake. He got hit mm-hmm. in the head with like a crowbar or something. Mm-hmm. Um, By grandma. Yeah. So I think it's it's now clear, having seen the whole season, um, how they were foreshadowing the season's arc in that first episode. Yeah. Um, in fact, I don't, I'm sure you didn't notice this. I didn't notice it, but people online did. In Are you that, talking about Cal? No, not Cal. Okay, but okay. In, in that first episode where they're, you know, telling uh, Fez and Ashtray's backstory, there's like a really, really quick shot, like blink and you'll miss it of Ashtray from the final episode with like the bullet laser on him. Oh my him. God, I didn't even see that. Yeah, so that that like little flash moment is in that first episode from season two. Oh my God, two. I have to rewatch that Yeah, now. so they're, they're setting everything up and, and, you know, now in hindsight, knowing that, it's brilliant. It's so, so smart. No, it's so smart. And I, to me, I love Fez and Ashtray like in general. I just like love those types of people. Like, I just feel like they're so loyal. They're so like, they're just like they're themselves and they don't want they don't hide any bit of that and I just like love that because like in high school I feel like I was very much like Cassie and Maddie like you know like I was what does everybody want to see that's what I'll show so I always was like envious of people who were like no this is who I am like fuck that I don't care like blah blah blah. that's how I feel like Fez and Ashtray are like and but what what's funny when I mentioned Cal is because people online kept saying because in the beginning in the first season, you see, you keep seeing like Nate's family picture. Like they keep showing it. Yes. There's three boys in that. Right. So then everybody's like, is Ashtray his son? 
So everyone was kept saying that because they never mentioned this third child. I have I'd never heard that theory. Oh my god, this yeah. is the first time I'm hearing oh that. My god, oh my yeah. god, yeah. So now once I I made my roommate start to rewatch it, so then I was like focusing on that picture and everything. And he they show that one picture all the all time, the like time. it's Cal's background on his cell phone, which is yes. weird because it's like why wouldn't you have a, a modern, like a more current picture? It's totally. like clearly a photo from from like a decade before, you know, totally. the kids are little. Yeah. And I feel like it's just like a foreshadow of something because he'll even address like, Oh, here's Nate. And then here's, I can't remember the, the other name. son. That's like a fuck up and they yeah. hate him. Yeah. yeah. Which is funny because like, how is Nate not a fuck up? I know literally. <laughs> and, but they never address that third child. And, but then I saw later in the season when Ashtray and Cal meet when like, you know, he kind of like beat him up. Yeah. But, and there wasn't any, like, indication that they knew each other on right, the show. Right, or, or any sort of spark of recognition in Cal. Exactly. He wasn't, there wasn't anything on his face where he was like, wait, like, I, is, this is that my son? son? I see yeah. my face in him. Or There's like, none of that. So I got confused there, but, like, I'm still hooked on this whole theory. That, I, like, I love me a good fan theory. I'm, I'm totally into it. And I think it's really interesting that you said, you know, you love Fez and Ashtray because they're just so, um, they're so real and authentic mm-hmm. and loyal and all this stuff. And, and. I think it's it's funny in like an impressive way um, that the actor who plays Ashtray is able to express all of those things when he literally hasn't said a word on the show in two seasons. He hasn't literally. had a single line. Like he doesn't speak. And yet he's able to convey so much. So much. In like his face and... Uh, I mean, it's also a testament to the storytelling. It's it's oh, just totally. so well done. I absolutely love it. But let's be real for a second. You've always been into like the bad boy, like oh, yeah. drug dealer thing, which is funny because like we grew up in a very like upper middle class, like mm-hmm. whitewashed area. And, you know, you would always be blasting like, you know, this early 2000s rap and hip hop. And I'd be <laughs> like, um, can we please put Kelly Clarkson back on? Uh <laughs> But so you've always had like a fascination with like drug culture and the, mm-hmm. you know, quote unquote thug life. Wh- mm-hmm. Where do you think that comes from as like, you know, some little rich white girl? I know. I know. It totally. I, I, I for sure see that. But I think it's like I said, like in high school growing up, I very much relate to how Cassie and Maddie are on Euphoria because that's kind of how I lived. Like I, I looked at what do I think people want to see? Okay. That's what I'll show. But really, when I would go home, it was a different story, like how I was. So I really related more to like those the druggies, like yeah. you know they they. But they, I envied them because they lived that secret life that I wanted to that I lived at home by myself. But they lived it and they wanted to show it. They don't care who sees it, and so I think that's where I always had that kind of like I was very interested in it. I kind of felt like I I connected with them more because. In reality, I mean, yeah, I was like in this great middle class neighborhood. I felt like I had to play the part a little bit, you know? So I think that's where it comes from. That's a little bit of hidden deep. Yeah. I mean, that makes issues. a lot of sense. And obviously, like, you know, we've been best friends forever. And I've always liked to think that I've known everything about you. But I mean, there were times in high school where, like, you were off doing like some sketchy stuff with some sketchy people. Oh, and I was at like, you know, like theater rehearsal uh-huh. for for like the upcoming production of Sweeney Todd. <laughs> so I, I had no idea what you were doing because you were playing the part, even to me, your best friend mm-hmm. of like this like squeaky clean, bubbly girl. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, you, you and like a handful of the girls in our grade got down with some seedy characters. Oh, absolutely. Like really seedy characters. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's probably easier for you to relate to Euphoria than it is to, for me. Totally. I'm, I'm watching it and I'm just thinking like, this is so unrealistic. Like, I, you know, it, it is not a real portrayal of high school. If you want a realistic portrayal of high school, put on High School Musical. Like, that's for me what, it, totally what it was really you. like, yeah. you know? And for me, it's like, when I watch Euphoria, it's... I mean, at the same time, now that I'm older, um, I, I watch the episodes and there's like, everybody's naked. Um, yeah. And so I'm like... And they're definitely way more adult than so much we more were. Adult. And the way that they dress and, and talk and like... Even their all, makeup. All, right, yeah, like, all of it. It's like, we, we weren't, you know, we definitely were not that um, elevated or mature. Right, totally. But like, at the same time, I could definitely... I had those moments, like the secret moments that they have, like you know, the parties and what they actually do, I totally can relate to that. Or like showing up to a random apartment complex and you like go into some like sketchy drug dealer's Mm -hmm. house and there's like a random guy with like a shotgun. Like I'm I'm watching that just being like, okay, no, like like, when I was in high school, I was at home watching Lizzie McGuire. Like, but, but I thought to myself, I was like, but Brittany probably lived this. Like Brittany probably met people like this. Mm -hmm. Um, Absolutely. Wild, wild. Okay. So speaking of like Fez and, and, you know... Who's like, by the way, I would marry. Yeah, he's... Oh, he's, um, like... I mean, not even just the character, but the actor is really charming. He's, like, a much better looking version of, um, uh, Mac Miller. Exactly. Yeah. I totally agree. And I love that the actor was just, like, randomly found before the show. He didn't do any acting. Yeah, he there's didn't... a there's a video that's circulating online now. Of the waiter? Yeah, of him, yeah, him waiting know, tables. I... <laughs> and it's so funny. So it's at, like, some... I mean, it looks like it's, like, a bachelorette party yeah. or, like, some... I mean, it's, like, Mardi Gras at this restaurant. And there's a bunch of girls just, like, just, like twerking all over the place just like you know getting down with the bad selves yeah and he's, and like he's just like you know he's plates. like excuse me excuse yeah. me like coming in trying to stack plates behind I them know, but he's like this so, so wholesome handsome, but it's so also just like cute. fez like so wholesome you know not gonna uh not gonna like degrade a, totally. a respectable young lady yeah. like let her dance just because she's dancing and shaking her ass doesn't mean that i'm entitled to stare at it totally you know? i love it um, i just love it, it it's the perfect segue into my next topic Topic that I want to talk about, which is the relationship between Lexi and Fez, which oh. I was just obsessed with. This was my favorite storyline of the season. Me too. They are absolutely so cute together. So and again, it's cute. it's you know the the amalgamation of two worlds. It's this you know. I mean, granted, I don't think that these kids are supposed to be like upper middle class at all, but mm-hmm. she is of all of them. She is like the. Um, She's like the goody goody of the group. Totally. And so she's the the more understated friend. She's, you know, not as wild as the rest of the girls. And she mm-hmm. ends up falling for like the drug the, dealer. The drug dealer. Yeah. And he and, ends up falling for her. And it's like such a true, like, it's so cute. Like their little phone conversations. It like it reminds me of like I had the same type of thing in high school. Like just like talking to somebody for hours on end, but like not really wanting to tell other people about that and not like being super open about it, but having like such a true connection. It was, it's just so cute. And also I just like love that this is Leslie Mann's daughter. Oh my God. Maude Apatow. I'm obsessed I with I know. Her. I'm obsessed. We, we actually just, uh, watched Knocked Up last night. Um, I think it's on like, <laughs> 
I think it's on Peacock actually. Uh-huh. Uh, but she's so fun. She's like maybe the best actor in that movie. Oh and my she's God, like I know. seven. I know. My favorite is when she's like, last night I Googled murder. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. She's so, so good. She's so good. Um, and she's beautiful. She's gorgeous. Yeah. Uh, but I love their dynamic. And it, you know, it speaks to your point before of like, dropping these facades or these masks that we wear to play these parts, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we see how both of them are maybe a little bit timid at first to like enter each other's worlds. Right. You know, we, there are flashbacks that show how Lexi is like a little hesitant the first time she goes to the convenience store and like Rue's buying drugs and she's like outside with her ice cream cone, right. you know? And like, <laughs> then we see Fez like he's getting nervous as he's getting dressed up to go to the play. Oh and God, so I know. they both are, are like, timid and shy but but it's not because they're um like afraid of each other it's because they're like excited and in love and it's just so cute it's It's the cutest cutest ever i think it's a great the greatest story i think that the actors do play this whole thing so well that it's like I'm just, I think they're in love in real life. Like, I right. think they're all my friends. Yeah. Like, I just love them. <laughs> I, I love it. They're so great. And again, I mean, back to, to Fez's character, because we've always known Lexi is like the, um, she's like the moral center of the friend group mm-hmm. uh, of like the girls. And she's the only one that has really shown any true, in my opinion, any true interest in like helping Rue. Oh, totally. Um, I love their friendship. Yeah, me too. I, I think she's it. great. And even with Jules, I mean, Jules has Rue's best interest at heart sometimes, but not all the time. I, and, yeah, I think and, they're a little toxic. Right. And with Lexi, it's like she it's only so wants true. the best for Rue. Mm-hmm. And and so we, we've seen that, you know, like, I'll all give you my pee, one. my clean pee. Right? Yeah, take my pee. <laughs> um, but but we also see that with Fez. Like, Fez totally. also, he I mean... He Rue's best interest. Right, in he is... Even though he introduced her to drugs. I know, but he's he's the one, you know, we see him really lay down the law and mm-hmm. tell her, like, no, you cannot have more. We see how protective he is of her anytime she's around these shady characters. Like, he... Oh, my God, I know. You can see the fear in his eyes. And he... Oh, the first time that she came over and, like, the drug dealer came Yeah, and what he was, was that like, guy's name? Mouse? Mouse, yeah. yes. And made her do the fentanyl yeah. and... Oh my God, Fez was just, he's such a big brother to her mm-hmm. and it's so cute, I think. And like, you could just, at first I was like, why is he like getting so upset? And like, you know, Rue's playing the good. She's the drug, you know, drug user. Like she wants to stay for the drugs. And then you see like how real this situation becomes when he's like basically telling her mouse is like, I'm going to rape you, yeah. you know, like, and just the way Fez acted in that whole scene, I I loved it. Yeah, I thought and, it was so good. And I think part of the reason why, and we understand this more in season two, um, part of the reason why he is so protective of her and of of everyone is because he he didn't have a choice. Like he was mm-hmm. he was uh, indoctrined into this world of drugs by his grandma. Like he did not have a say. And I think you know with. Rue, he he sees that she has other options, and so he wants right, to totally. help her. Um, you know, I, I yeah, he's just the best. I he's love him. the best, and mind you, he also like gives his grandma a sponge bath. I know. Like, I oh just... my god, wait. What about in the last episode when the house is getting raided and there's like guns, like bullets flying just, everywhere? Like, yeah, she's just like laying there, soundly <laughs> sleeping. Like someone, does she have a pulse? Go check on her. <laughs> Is anyone worried? <laughs> oh my gosh. It's just the best. Okay, so I also loved Lexi's school play. Oh my God, I wanted to talk about that so much because 
that is the the storyline and everything how she gets into each character oh my god she reads people so well yeah well and and watching it back again there uh the the writers are so smart because even before like her play is really introduced like she's always been the observer like we uh-huh. always just see shots of her like watching, watching people watching everybody else so yeah it, it's just so beautifully thought out the way that they intertwined the scenes of the play with like the scenes from real life from real life oh my god even some of the shots that they did like uh, you know coming from me as like a film nerd you know like I, I studied film in college like some of the practical effects that they did which are things that that um, you can do on set that aren't like CGI or after effects. So like a lot of those scenes where you would see like, you know, um, the real Cassie talking to Lexi and then it would like pan through the mirror and cut yeah. to like the, the doubles. Those were all, those weren't like two different takes. It was something where like they would have two actors standing on one side of the mirror and then it would just be like a frame and the camera would actually physically move through into another oh, set with the other okay. actors. So like there's a lot of really well thought out cinematography tricks in that oh, episode absolutely. where they go from moment to moment and character to character. And in that episode specifically, I remember I was thinking as I was watching it because I was like, I was noticing how connected to the TV I was. I like couldn't leave. I could not dart my eyes anywhere else. And I was like, I can't remember the last time I've been this into a show or like a movie or anything. Like I, the way they... They do the show really, really well. I think like, that all the time. Um, I also think, so anyone who's ever worked on a set knows that the the thing that takes the longest is the lighting. Like, it takes hours to get a scene lit. Um, you know, you that's why you need stand-ins because the actor's right. not going to stand there for three hours before they even start shooting just mm-hmm. to get the light right. And every single scene in this show is so incredibly well lit. So well lit. I, I'm in my head every single scene. I'm thinking like this took hours. This took seven hours. Yeah. Like it was. It, this is impossible. And especially the scenes that are shot outside at night, and they have like lights like flowing through the trees and stuff. Right. And I'm just like, the fact that they did all of this and made it work because not when you're doing it outside too. Not only do you have to get like your lighting rigs and everything, but you're also racing like the sun and the moon. You know, like you totally. have to beat the clock. Totally. So, Everything is just so beautifully shot. It's so artistic. And I think that's why, like, you know, some of, like, the the naughtier bits, like all of the titties and dicks and stuff, like, it, it's okay because it's, like, artsy. You know, right, it's, like, right, a very totally. well-lit dick. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> totally. And, like, even I read articles because I'm clearly just obsessed with this show, so I read everything. When you don't typically read. <laughs> at, at all. Literally. And these actors were like, there were a lot of times they all talk about how the hours of this of filming were so stressful and so long. And a lot of them like walked off set. A lot of them didn't want to be a part of it anymore, which I totally get. Like that's long, but like it's when you, when you actually see it on TV, how fucking well this was put together. Like it was worth it. Yeah. I feel and like. I'm sure they all feel that way too. After you see the final product, you know, you, you understand what all that time and energy was for. And when you're an actor and you're just like sitting there on the set, you have no idea what it looks like. So you're right. just like, why Why am I sitting here for seven hours to get this right. like random pink light across my face while totally. my dick is out, yeah, you right. know? So I, I can understand um, the frustration. But again, like as a viewer, it's so incredible. And it's also so different than any other like high school show, you oh, know? Oh, totally. Um, 100%. Yeah, just the tone. And again, like... 
they're able to do so much and and have it be done in like a serious artistic way that other shows yeah it's like not creepy at all or like campy you know it's just like a lot of times teen dramas have to be kind of like silly or I mean don't get me wrong I like live for like the OC and shows like that but it's just such a different vibe and we're dealing with a lot of the same themes like drugs like addiction um sex like a lot of the same topics but the way it's shot and the way the story is told is like so completely different oh totally like there's no Seth Cohen's running around euphoria high (laughs) cracking jokes and like reading comic books literally <laughs> um but i i do have to say so lexi's play it was amazing um i i am curious though like what is the school's theater budget because oh my god i know this play this play was so well it was so well funded so, yeah but they're also they were also doing oklahoma so like they have enough money to do two shows simultaneously that's a lot of sets and costumes i know <laughs> um i also noticed that so this production of Our Life by Lexi Howard, it featured an ensemble of like 15 like really hot muscular male dancers. Oh my God, I know. And I need to know what high school theater department has that many dudes. Yeah. Like that's, that's not a thing of all of the plot points in this show. Like that I found to be the most unbelievable. Oh, totally. <laughs> and even like the part where somebody's like wearing um, a headset and everything and Lexi like grabs it and she's like, we're going to find a new person like to talk to him like that. Right. I'm like, did that happen ever at our high school? No. Like, no. Well, and I think everyone throughout the entire production, especially when like, you know, um, Cassie gets up and starts causing a scene and all that. It's like, where's the theater teacher? Right. Like, like, where's like the school administration? Like, okay, let it happen. Right. It's fine. Like, is there no... Um, like school supervisor or chaperone or like watching over this. Literally. It's, it's very confusing. The fact that Lexi and Cassie's mom has to get up and like try to stop the show, but she can't do it. And I'm just like, where's the admin? Literally. Honestly. I mean, it was great. I'm happy that the show went on. It must, the show must go on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this, the theater moments, I was just like, as again, as like a theater nerd, I was like, unbelievable. Right. It would like, never happen. Not how like, it works. I, I would be sooner dancing in the cafeteria with Sharpay than this, you know? <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So another, um, big storyline this season was of course the love triangle between Nate, Maddie and Cassie. So oh God, I, 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 know. I need to know, where do you stand there? Okay. So, well, the whole time I, Maddie, first of all, she has her bitchy side. Yeah. Absolutely. But I still, granted, I was Cassie in a lot of moments in high school. I was, I was Cassie, but I don't agree now at all with, with what she is doing. So when you say you were Cassie, what does that mean? Um, I, you were hooking up with your friend's boyfriends? Yes. That, (laughs) that is absolutely true. Yes. Um, (laughs) but now looking back, I mean, that was awful and the way that Cassie like is still even at the end scene where she's like, well, Nate just broke up with me. Like telling Maddie this, it's like, do you have any morals? Like, do you have any insight to yeah. this? I mean, I, I think that Cassie is a like very emotional and I do think like a ultimately like a kind person. And I think we saw it, moments of that is, in the totally. first season, but I think this this whole storyline in, in season two with her and Nate, um, in my mind, it, it just shows how much trauma she had been through with other guys. Like we saw that in the first season with McKay and that other douchebag guy that like, remember she, right. she like 
was kind of leading on and then he was like really mean to her and oh, was like yeah, no yeah. one's ever gonna love you mm-hmm. and so um and you know the school had already been passing around videos of her getting fucked and right. like i i feel like this you know the internet hates cassie everyone hates yeah. cassie they all are like this bitch is so stupid and crazy and like let me get it straight i if i have to pick i'm team maddie for sure mm-hmm. but i took it as like oh this poor girl has been through so She's much trauma lot, totally. and she gets one little nibble of of the carrot and she you know is just salivating. She can't get enough to the point where, I mean, we've all seen, we've all had that girlfriend who has dropped everyone in her life for some asshole guy. Mm-hmm. It happens. And all the time. and we know that Nate Jacobs is a manipulative sociopath. Oh, so I, I see Cassie as a victim. I do not think that like, Maddie's not a victim. I think Maddie's the the ultimate victim in this. But like Maddie said at the end of this season, uh, you know, being in a relationship with Nate is punishment enough. So Maddie wins. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I I just feel bad for Cassie. She's obviously a very shitty friend, but like she has no self-esteem. She's such a mess. Um, And it's also weird that like, I just can't see her and Lexi being siblings. They're just so opposite I mean granted this is like my brother and I were the exact same like we were very opposite but like it to me it's just so funny that they're just two completely separate different people yeah well what's interesting is in those flashbacks especially in season one um we see you know before Cassie got her boobs she was like a lot like Lexi and they had her in these weird little Mm -hmm. pigtails and she's like licking the ice cream cone like they're very much they're they're very much trying to um juxtapose them or or like put them side by side in that light so I think again it's this uh notion of how Cassie was sexualized and how even her mom sexualized her and Lexi didn't get that Lexi Mm -hmm. and and whether that's because she didn't develop in the same way or because everyone was already focused on her older sister so Lexi became the observer and Cassie became you know the I guess the star right um yeah well I mean but again you you can see that Cassie has no real identity while right. Lexi knows who she is. Yeah, you know? totally. As soon as Cassie starts dating Nate, she's morphed into Maddie. I mean, that one moment where they're like wearing the exact same outfit walking oh my God, in the I know. hall. It was <laughs> so funny. So I know. Funny. Because on the flip side of all of this is Maddie is, you know, in season one, I felt like Maddie was a mess and Maddie was, mm-hmm. you know, clearly being manipulated by Nate and being uh, told what to do. And remember that guy they like sent to jail for right. like, raping her or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, she was going through a terrible time. And as soon as she walks away from him, we see her regain all of this control and this confidence and she's really strong and she's level headed. And like, I mean, sure. We see some moments of her, you know, kind of popping off at, at Cassie, rightfully right. so. Which is like a great scene, by So the way. great. But ultimately, like Maddie is the like grounded one in all of this. And we oh, see, totally. you know, we see her having those conversations with Minka Kelly's character, the, oh God, the mom that she babysits Kelly. for. Mm-hmm. So all of these moments, we're seeing how Maddie is able to evolve after leaving Nate and Cassie is like completely crumbling while being with him. Right. Right. So again, I mean, he's like the, he's the common denominator. He sucks. Totally. He sucks. He sucks. Oh my God. He's Which the like, it's funny too, because the actor, I watched interviews with him and he's like, yeah, Nate sucks. And he like totally gets it. And then, but then he said at one point, he's like, I think in season two, Nate actually becomes like a lot nicer. And when he said that, I was like, what? 
is he joking? Like yeah. what? Like what? No, he's not. Right. No, not not at all. Um, not at all. But no, like no still love whatsoever. the actor. Well, I was going to ask would you fuck not the actor, but would you fuck Nate Jacobs? Like if you were If I was in high absolutely. <laughs> no. Even you would, now. You would allow now. him. He would ruin your life. He like, would ruin my life. He would choke me. I would let it happen. I know. I, I know you would. I know you would. <laughs> no question. Oh my god. Okay, what about Cal? Okay. Ugh. First of all, Cal does such a great job. And you know what's He's funny? He's so great, yeah. Is he went to, um, during, while he was filming season one, I read that, because again, here I am just stalking Euphoria. I read that I know, he you're went doing to, a lot of reading. I know, it's like, who would have thought that who Euphoria would, have would like turn you into would, like, make me actually like get, an intellectual? Yeah. <laughs> but I read that um, Cal, the, I can't remember the actor's name, but um, he, uh, um, oh my God. Uh, it's like Dean. Uh, oh, yeah it's but something but I'm literally sitting in front of my computer I can look it up <laughs> he went to therapy for um a sex addiction during this yes because he um he and his wife uh they had like a sex tape come out and it was like a threesome thing and then from there like so, like I think people just kind of started talking about totally. how he was sleeping yeah. with a lot of people but I just thought it was so interesting that that was happening at the time of euphoria because that's a lot of what he's going through on the show. Yeah. He acts it out beautifully. Like he does such a great job with this character. Yeah. But I just thought it was very interesting that that was like simultaneously going on in his personal life. Yeah. But anyways, back to Cal. Um, Eric Dane. Eric Dane. Name. That's right. That's yeah. I'm right. sure there are listeners who are like screaming at their stereo I know, right they're now. Just I'm, that's, I'm always that person. I'm like, it's Eric Dane, you idiot. <laughs> it's Mick Steamy. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I know. I just love it. He's so steamy in this, by the way. But Well, and he, I mean, he, I was going to say he doesn't age, but he does because he does look older, but like but somehow sexy. he is sexier. fine wine. Yeah. He ages. And, oh, but he, you know what? His wife, Rebecca Gayhart, she is gorgeous, gorgeous too. They are such a hot couple. They if you really haven't watched are. their sex tape, you should watch it. Uh, <laughs> great <laughs> it's showing. Good. It's really good. Um, <laughs> no, but Cal, I actually, I would absolutely go for him, you know, but I, I love, yeah, I think he's great. I loved the scene when he came Home and he's just like peeing in the front again like, with foyer. his dick out yeah with his dick like how long was he's just standing there with his dick <laughs> with out his dick. for them to Which get that scene lit great i think it's a prosthetic um, i think it is too but I, it looks I, great i think most of the um like secondary actors and like the background actors are all really nude mm-hmm. but i think um, oh yeah when it's like the i think like the main dicks mm-hmm. are, are a little bit enhanced yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally they look phenomenal though I, I mean i was also and i'm very proud of my my self. Your manhood yeah okay um but yeah no i was watching that scene just being like there's because also dicks like change in size totally. like they, they, they kind I, of fluctuate and I so like, that was though, my, because when you see in like the the locker room scenes when mm-hmm. everybody's naked yeah you see the difference right you like, see some like small dicks some and big small dicks. One, yeah but if you were if i were just standing here with my dick out for like 10 minutes straight just having flaccid. a conversation right like it it might get a little smaller exactly. at points based on like my mood like literally mm-hmm. based on like it's it's science people it's- <laughs> um so my whole thought is you know as i'm watching this dick for 10 minutes i'm just like it's not it's like not even flinching like at you all. know when i take a breath my dick like bounces all over yeah. the place you know <laughs> i just needed a little more motion in that there was, ocean. yeah it was absolutely just very very still yeah didn't it was move. a stagnant dick i get what i get what you're saying <laughs> <laughs> oh my god okay um so there's actually another love triangle this season between between Rue, Jules, and Elliot. Oh my God. So let's talk about that. Which was so interesting to me because Elliot's such a 
two-faced oh kid. my god i hated him i, I know I, and, and i think that we might be alone there i think a lot of people really liked elliot and i totally get the love side because he is a really likable character but the way that he played rue and jules yes i hate he I, I honestly in those last couple episodes i was just like thanks for ruining rue's life elliot like literally you you I mean, she was going to do whatever she was going to do with drugs, but you very much like held her hand back into the the drug forest, so to speak. Um, you like, you know, help her do all of these drugs, and then you go and then go tell and, on her. But but first, you go and like get her girlfriend to cheat on her. Right. So right. now you're like interjecting yourself into her romantic relationship, and then you get her girlfriend to break up with her because of it. It all of it. I was just like, fuck you, Elliot. It was a very selfish. He did it very selfishly. The way he did it. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. if you. If you are starting to feel bad or having mixed emotions or whatever, which go, I don't believe he did, no, I don't believe he me did at either, all. Me either. Go fucking talk to Rue or something. But he played all sides of that. I was happy though that they didn't just have like him and Jules get together. Like that, right. I would have been really sad if like she started super... dating him. I'm glad that like after everything blew up, they implied that like he and Jules didn't really talk anymore either. Right. Because I want, I, I mean, I love Rue and Jules together, mm-hmm. and I wanted. Jules to see that Elliot was playing her too. Right. And also like, yes, Rue was lying about using and she was doing drugs and all that was bad. But like Jules was cheating on her. I mean, I I don't know, unless I missed that they had like an open relationship. Like I know that they were kind of like flirtatious and stuff. And I know that they like played like truth or dare. But to me, it seemed like what Jules and Elliot were doing was cheating. Absolutely. Totally cheating. Like, what the what him and Rue had was a little bit of an emotional cheating, I, I guess you could say, but but I don't think that Rue did. I think he maybe had a crush on Rue. I never got vibes that Rue was into him. I yeah, felt like yeah, Rue was there. True. Rue was there for the party. Rue wanted right. to to do drugs and then just like hang out, you know. Right, but I mean, I guess like you know the fact that she was just hiding the whole drug thing and like. Elliot was very much playing into that part. Yeah. I think that in itself is a little bit of emotional cheating if you see what I'm saying. Like, she's hiding from Jules, right. that side of her, and Elliot's playing into it and yeah. aiding in this. So that's that's the only way I'm saying it's, like, emotional cheating just because poor Jules is, like, out of the loop and, yeah, totally. and Rue's purposely hiding it from yeah, her. Yeah, absolutely. But what I thought was really, really, really great, I think Zendaya does such a great job. Wow, she's such a phenomenal actor. And I love that before this whole thing started, she even asked them when they were planning for her to play this part, she was like, what have I done to, like, show you that I can do this? And, like, it's, like, so true because, like, what she hasn't didn't do a lot of acting at all. She was on the that. Disney Channel. She, she had, was on the Disney yeah, Channel, she but, like... A, she had a show where she played, like, a like a middle school spy or Right, something. but, like, that's not really, like, <laughs> no, showing like, I mean, your no, acting. I mean, I don't think anyone was lining up to cast, uh, like, Hilary Duff in some right. drug drama after Lizzie McGuire. Totally, you know, but honestly. the way she showed up for that role, oh. She's, she's phenomenal. Amazing. She is such a triple threat. I actually tweeted a few weeks ago... One day, and I, I hope the beehive doesn't come for me, but one day in the very near future, Zendaya will surpass what Beyonce is. I think that Zendaya is a true, true, true triple threat. She like, totally is. Beyonce is an incredible singer and dancer performer, but like, I, I don't think she's the best actress. Like, I don't think you know she didn't win an Oscar for for Gold Member. Right. Um, right. <laughs> but Zendaya is. An incredible singer, an incredible dancer, and 
maybe even more so an incredible actor. Oh my god, what amazing. she is! A, I mean, what they're all able to do in this show it's, is it's unbelievable. Crazy. Sydney Sweeney, who plays Cassie, She's she amazing. she portrayed a mental breakdown over the course of these eight episodes, probably better than I've ever seen portrayed on TV. It was totally so, so real well and raw, and, real and-, and and the fact that you can be like some little high school girl who is just quite literally screaming at the top of their lungs and have it be compelling and gut-wrenching and not just like annoying and whiny. Like imagine, and I, I love her, but imagine like Emma Roberts trying to play that role. Right, You'd totally. just be like, oh my God, shut this bitch up. Like she's such a whiny character. It'd be like right. Chanel, you know? Mm-hmm. But the way that Sydney Sweeney can play she that. really, really And the way really that Zendaya can play um, a withdrawal. And, and the, the fights way that with her she, mom. I thought the best scene was um, when she was caught, called out for. Oh my God. And they're just, all and in her, the house. Because her every behavior, I've seen a lot of this because I work in this area. So I've seen a lot of people get called out. Interventions have been done, you know. And the way she plays that role in that scene particularly is so spot on. It's like even watching it, like I've watched, I watched that episode with a friend and they were like, why is, why is she getting so mad at this point? And I'm like, well, trying to explain it to them because it's absolutely how it goes. Yeah. She did it so perfectly. Well, because it's more than just an emotional response. It's a physical response. Yeah. It's, you know, the, those physical, uh, withdrawal symptoms. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of those scenes, there's so many scenes over the course of both seasons where, she's fighting with her mom and maybe there's like music playing or other dialogue happening. And it's just kind of like the family and her sisters even there. And they're all like fighting in the background kind Mm -hmm. of, I, I kind of feel like all of those moments are probably improvised. Like I feel like they're just given like, Hey, this is what you guys are fighting about. Like now go, we're just going to film for 10 minutes. And like what she as an actor is able to do and like to commit to like I'm, I mean totally. I'm sure everyone on set is like go crazy but she's like tearing the house apart like throwing herself into walls yeah and like that one scene where she had the glass mm-hmm. she like won an award for that oh and it was improvised Ugh. Incredible. Incredible. And she's not, she didn't learn that on the Disney Channel. No, exactly. (laughs) Like, it's just amazing. Oh my gosh. Um, Okay, I have a a couple other thoughts about this Elliot character. First of all, why did we need like a five minute song from him in the finale? I know, and everybody keeps making fun of it, but I thought it was really good. I mean, it was cute, but it went on forever and ever. And then at at the end, it's like this fully composed song, five minutes long. He, you know, has it fully memorized. And then he's like, I I don't know, I'm just working on it. Yeah. It's like, no, like Like, you um, already. You, you wrote it you copyrighted it it's been like recorded and mastered and it's like hitting spotify tomorrow yeah um you idiot but but again in those moments i was just watching like zendaya's reactions and oh my god i know I thought it was beautiful. so great yeah. i loved that um okay so then my second thought about elliot is do do kids in high school nowadays like actually have face tattoos? Is that a thing? Oh my god, I know. I was watching even like Ashtray has one and like Yeah, well and then and Maddie has like a tattoo on her neck yeah. or behind her ear. Like that never that I will say never happened yeah. in high school. I never saw any of that. Yeah, we didn't I didn't know anyone with tattoos. It was like a, if somebody had one, it was like you know, I got one when I was 17 on my boob. Like, you right, know, like right. it's like very like hidden. hidden. Yeah. Yeah. I never saw any that were very out in the open that right. you would see every day. Oh my God. The fact that you 
just hold the world that you have a tattoo on your boob makes you sound so trashy. I know. Oh, I know. But let me just let me just I mean, clarify it's, it's here. Cute. It's for <laughs> it is a pink ribbon where my mother had breast cancer. Okay, yes. my mom's fine. Yeah. But you don't have like barbed wire around your nipple not, yeah. or something. <laughs> yeah. Which I mean, maybe that's the next one. Who yeah. Knows? Who knows? Who knows? Um, okay. Uh, the, I, I'm also confused about like the setting of the show. Like where where are they supposed to live? Because I in, was wondering that in too. some ways it's supposed to seem like a small town where like everyone knows each other and they're all like Mm -hmm. constantly running into each other at the corner store right um but then in other ways it's supposed to be like a big city like there are definitely shots where it looks like la they show like a big city skyline i Um, keep thinking it's like a chicago theme like okay but because i was wondering this too because i'm like okay in the oc you know they're in the oc it's like announced and like even in um like big little lies like they openly say where they are It's just this one, they yeah, don't. It's ambiguous, but I think the, yeah, I think my problem is that they like aren't, they're not clear enough in like the type of setting. Like I don't yeah. need to know the name of the town, but I, it's hard to know, like, is it a small is little community small? or are they yeah. in like a big city? Because again, I feel like a lot of the stuff that's happening, like, you know, all of the drugs and sex and the stuff that these kids are getting into, like that's big city shit. Big that's city, not like yeah. small town stuff. Sure. Um, but yeah, it's just a little confusing. And like, okay, these parties that the kids are throwing, I get that our memories can play tricks on us. And I threw a lot of parties in high school. I did. Mm-hmm. But I, I do, <laughs> and some of them were ragers. They were. But I do not remember any of my parties being like this. Like, were, were my parties no. like this? No. Um, you know, your parties, a lot of times, a lot of times your dad was there like a lot of times actually and he was like you know like telling everybody to have fun you know yeah <laughs> this was not seen in any of these parties they yeah their parties are it's it's very non-realistic in that way like they sh- these parties are legit like yeah. they look really there's been a lot of money spent yes. like there's a lot of things a lot that of are damage happening. done to these a houses a lot of damage done and then the next day they're fine right yeah, yeah. um also like i've i never saw at all growing up in high school but especially at a party i never saw anyone like get the shit beat out of them i never no. even saw so much as like a punch be thrown well Act- you did okay. have a punch thrown i on didn't you. even see it coming <laughs> oh i was just gonna say one time i did get punched in the face myself i can't believe i forgot about that that yeah that was crazy okay and and my mom took a picture of it the next with morning with my black eye with your black yeah. eye all right let me tell that story really quick so <laughs> and i'll bleep out the name okay <laughs> He was, he was like notoriously a douchebag growing uh-huh. up, like very much so. Very much so. Um, so this was one party that I threw and he kept trying to like go lock himself in my brother's bedroom, I think to hook up, yeah, to hook up with to this girl. Up. And But that was the, the room that we were going to sleep. We planned to just like sleep in that, gotcha, that night. Gotcha. Gotcha. And like, okay, he was basically like a random at my party. I wasn't friends with him. This girl was some random girl that I didn't know. At all. This is my brother's room. We're, you know, going to sleep in there. Um, the other thing too about is that he was kind of notoriously like predatory. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. So I... I think honestly in that moment there were many reasons but I think one of them was also like I don't know this girl I don't know how drunk she is I don't know what she wants or doesn't want like I don't want him going in there with her and then we go to bed and we just jump yeah, into or, a pile of throw up like, or, like, or like a rape scene is where right. my <laughs> mind is going like I don't know I just was not into it so I I kept telling him to leave I think I had to like kick him out of the bedroom 
and he kept like locking the door and mm-hmm. you know there are like we had like the little keys on yes. top of the door frame so I would unlock it and he'd be like how'd you get in here and yeah. like, it's my fucking house you moron <laughs> so I kicked him out for maybe the third time and on his way out he just got like a straight shot to my eye mm-hmm. um but he left so and, and it was so it was I thought the best part was like you didn't even react like yeah you, there was if that if that happened to me I would be telling the whole party, like, announcement, I was assaulted, and, but you just did nothing. I think it was more embarrassing to, like, go tell everyone. (laughs) (laughs) And, like, we just, like, simply went to bed and woke up with this huge shiner. Like, (laughs) yeah, it was awful. That was how it It was awful. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Actually, there was one time when I got kicked out of a party at your house. (laughs) Oh, my God. This was so, this was so ridiculous. So, this was... This was one night, it, I, I, and you didn't have... But this have... goes into our, again, like what we were talking about earlier, how I had this whole kind of side life that yes, you didn't know. 100%. We were best friends, and but this was a group of people that I had over that I was kind of friends with on the side. Right, like, that right. That you knew, but weren't... Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, so this is late night, like the parties died down, you're probably like in your bedroom hooking up with or something who had a girlfriend at the time um and again i'll bleep out the name and so there's a group of maybe like 10 people sitting in your living room and again it's like some some shady characters and then like some people i knew obviously i was comfortable enough to like go sit with them them, yeah um so we're all like sitting around talking like shooting the shit telling stories uh and yeah again like you were a lot more popular than i was so these were like older kids Mm -hmm. they were from a different you know like a different world yeah and um at one point this girl she starts to i'll bleep out the name (laughs) uh so she starts to tell this story it's like a a scandalous like drug story you know she like she like went to fez and ashtrays um so she's starting to tell it and she i guess notices that i'm sitting there and so she stops mid-sentence and she's just like actually blake i don't really know you that well and this is a private story do you mind leaving and the best part was (laughs) i'm sitting in my room yeah i don't know what i was doing but you come in (laughs) you come in like all shameful like (laughs) tail between my legs and you're like just asked me to leave (laughs) (laughs) well and i mean i where i was sitting too i was like sitting on the floor like sandwiched between two couches like with people all around me so when she asked me to leave i had to like get up and be like excuse me excuse me pardon me excuse me coming through and like squeeze by everyone the room goes silent for like three minutes while i'm trying to excuse myself and then as i'm like getting finally back to your bedroom i like hear like the the crowd's like okay great we can start talking again and like the the story goes on oh my god it's just the best it was horrifying it was horrifying i was i was at my best friend's house and i was like forcibly removed It was awful. Okay, I actually thought of one last moment where our high school lives were similar to Euphoria. When you lost your virginity to Mm -hmm. who had a girlfriend. Yeah. um, Which, like, let's be real, that's very Cassie of you. Uh Uh, Absolutely. It was also during a party at your house, which is interesting because you didn't have a lot of parties at your house. But when you did, I guess, you know, you got a lot of dick. (laughs) Um, So we're at a party at your house. You're 
you're you like know that you're gonna hook up with him mm-hmm. and so you and i like drunkenly decide that it would be a good idea oh for my me, god I it would be a good idea for me to hide in your closet and watch you lose your virginity to him which is very which is very much like cal setting up a hidden video camera for him and jules so i guess maybe our youths were more euphoria than more. we thought <laughs> i remember that because we had a, it was a full-on plan. We were sitting in my room discussing how he's going to go hide in my closet, which was just like one of those small, small closets, the, the sliding doors. And yeah, and it had like, did it have like little slats or something where I could see through, or I was going to yeah, like keep it open a little yeah. bit. <laughs> anyway. Got to get a good view. Let's just be clear, though. It didn't happen. No, where which I was see. so bummed about because <laughs> was hot. I know. And it did happen. I just don't remember how you ended up leaving the room. I, I like started like giggling or oh. something and he like flipped out and again, like forcibly removed me and <laughs> I got kicked out again. And then you guys like got down to business. Oh my God. I just totally forgot about that. I will, n- I will never forget. <laughs> Okay, if you guys have noticed like a weird sucking sound in the background during the whole episode, uh, Brittany with Crohn's has been hitting her vape. Um, she's, it's like a real BB, you know, BB in Euphoria. <laughs> yeah. The one friend who like, I feel like she's really gotten the short end of the stick. She like hasn't been she around She really hasn't been, no. But when she's there, like sucking down that vape, um, <laughs> she's me. really having a moment. Yeah, but that's Brittany right now. So. Yes, yeah, so I apologize for oh that sound. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit about the Real Housewives? I do, of course. Okay, great. Always. Let's talk about the Real Housewives of New Jersey. Oh, yes, so which first, I'm so into. First and foremost, are you team Margaret or team Jennifer? Margaret always. Okay, okay. Me too. And I feel like no one else is. Really? Um, yeah, the Gen Pub, that's what we call the general public. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Gen Pub hates Margaret this year. In fact, there was a petition to like have her fired, which I've said this before on the show. I think that's stupid. Um, you know, if someone is like a racist or like, you know, I don't know, a, a pedophile or something, yeah, get mm-hmm. them fired. But if you just think that they're a bitch, like that's what the show is for. Literally. And like, I just think that Margaret has. She's always so real. Yeah. Like, she's very down to earth. And the way she explains herself, I always believe it. Yeah. Like, when she tries to justify her, why she called out. Like, I get the whole fight where Teresa's like, oh, it's such a big deal when I called out that rumor right, about right. Jackie. But now you just called out, you know, something at your party or at my house. And now it, it's okay. Right. I get that. But, like, then when Margaret was explaining it and kind of explaining herself, I totally believed her you know well I also think you know and this is a whole sidebar but Teresa has no right to call out any sort of hypocrisy from anyone she is like I think the biggest um hypocrite that has ever been on the Real Housewives and there are examples of it from like these recent episodes too um and we can get into that but specifically I I I'm team Marge because I, I agree with her in the sense that like Jennifer has been holding on to this secret about her family mm-hmm. and protecting her family while throwing daggers at other people at for other, the same thing. Exactly. And I think the reason why why the fans, a lot of the fans have been speaking up and are against Margaret and are pro-Jennifer, um, the reasoning I'm seeing a lot is like, well, Margaret chose to talk about this. Like she chose to be open about her affair and Jennifer wanted to keep it a secret. 
Well, first of all, these are the same fans who will, you know, scream at Erica Jane, there are no secrets. You know, right. like this, you're totally. on a reality show. You have we to talk about lay it. it out. So yeah. I just think, you know, we can't be picking and choosing like when like, it's okay. Right. Like, when, yeah, doesn't. exactly. If you're on a reality show and you have skeletons in your closet, expect them to come out. Expect it. And like, I think that's why Jennifer had this coming because why would you, as someone who, who has cheating, like, you know, as a skeleton in your own closet, why would you go and highlight other people's cheating? Highlight other people you don't, doing I mean, it. You don't exactly. have to, you know, you don't have to go on the show and um, lie and be like, oh yeah, I, I'm happy you cheated on your husband, Margaret. Like you don't have to support it if that's, if you don't, that's fine. But she was leading the charge on totally. like, you know, you're a home wrecking whore. Right. And so I feel like it's just any one of us. Also, it's a, like a rule of Bravo where you have to be able to air out everything. Yeah. You know, like everything is... There's nothing it's all fair that's game. yeah exactly so I don't think it's wrong especially when Margaret is being called out like oh this happened or like this affair happened you did this I hate a cheating woman right she's just you know saying back to her well what about you like you've been in this exact same position right what do you that's feel about your husband saying. yeah like that's all she's saying so I don't agree with like everybody kind of like I get that Jen is hurting right she's you know obviously a woman who's hurting about this situation. Her poor husband just is kind of like eating all this backlash. Like, right. I mean, I just say poor husband because, you know, he probably didn't want this out. But of course, it's it, I don't think it. I'm not. No, there's Jennifer. there's no one to blame in this situation but Bill, ultimately. Totally. Um, and I just also feel like, you know, if if Jennifer is going to be mad at anyone or pointing her fingers at anyone or speaking negatively about anyone having an affair, it should be your husband. Uh-huh. Like if 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 you're more mad at like a complete stranger having an affair than you are at your own husband Literally. for having an affair, like that's questionable. Right. And and we see these red flags in my mind of like misogyny with Jennifer, even when she's explaining to Margaret how she was like afraid of uh, the family's reaction and they're all going to blame her for the affair. And she is talking about wanting to protect her husband, you know, so much that like, to me, it, it, reeks of deep-rooted misogyny where Jennifer will always give a man the benefit of the doubt, mm-hmm. but any woman who, who you know, has any sort of indiscretion is just bottom of the barrel. Totally. And I don't think that's fair. And it's not. And I feel like anything that you are going to lash out at somebody else, anything it, that comes back to your own deep-rooted issues. Right. Like, so for her to kind of like belittle all the women... When it's like in her situation, she deserves all the support because her husband's the one who cheated, you know. But she's like, I don't know. I think feel like she's playing this a little she, bit. She makes it hard for them to support her. Exactly. And she makes That's it hard for me as a fan to support her. Totally. Honestly. And I've got to say, these housewives are such little babies. I posted a clip from a few episodes ago where I was defending Margaret and I didn't even tag Jennifer Aiden in it. But I noticed the other day that she blocked me. So <laughs> I, I'm i just like, where are these women's backbones? Totally. Like, you know you're on a TV show, right? Mm-hmm. And also, like, is my tiny little podcast that offensive to you, Jennifer <laughs> you Aiden? To- like, you're more <laughs> mad at me for talking about you than you are at your husband for cheating on you? Right. Really? Right. Ugh. It's It's just crazy. I mean, granted, I absolutely love the Housewives. I will love you forever. But they do have these little petty... Yeah. They're all they all seem to have these little 
grudges against the fans that don't go on their side. And it's just like, well, if you're on a show, you're going to have that. Right. Well, and it makes it more difficult. Like, I really pride myself in being someone who can ride the Housewives wave and, like, I'm not going to make a finite decision about you based off of like one episode or even one season. Like I could dislike Jennifer this season, but love her next season. Mm -hmm. And so what happens if next season I'm praising her and I'm blocked and she'll never even know it. Yeah. So you're missing out (laughs) Jennifer on potential future praise. Exactly. Okay. So I want to jump back. I was saying that, you know, Teresa obviously is a huge hypocrite. Did you notice, um, in the scene where the new friend, Tracy, Tracy Barber, she's like talking to, um, Joe and Melissa and, um, Teresa and Louie. And she's saying like, you all need to back each other up. Like, you know, Teresa, if you want your sister and Joe to back you up and to back Louie up, then when, you know, Jennifer's calling Joe a little bitch girl or whatever, you have to back him up. And this was such a clear example to me of when Teresa is such a hypocrite because we all know if anyone says anything negative about Teresa, Louie, mm-hmm. in the past, Joe, Joe Judice, mm-hmm. um, you know, she is going to lose it and she wants loyalty, you know, to the nth degree. And Tracy is trying to explain to her, like, look, if you want that, then you need to show them loyalty too. Like, right. tell your friend, don't say that about my brother. And Teresa's like laughing it off. And she's like, who even cares? Little bitch. It's Who cares? It's not a big deal. Like, they, they don't need my help. I, they, they've got it covered. And then they cut to her talking head confessional. And she's like, who is this Tracy bitch? Joe and Melissa need to shut her down. And I it's know. Like, Wait, so you're simultaneously telling Tracy, like, I don't need to help them. They can handle themselves. But then in your confessional, you're like, why aren't they helping me? Exactly. And it's just how she is uh, the whole time she's been on the show. It's, it's, It's infuriating for me. It's really difficult. And that's why I've always appreciated Tree as a housewife. And like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think she obviously brings a lot to the show, totally but does. I like don't like her. Exactly. That's how I am too. I, she brings, she gives the show she, great stuff. Yeah. Do I enjoy her as a person? Not, sadly, not the most. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, or not the most, not the least. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But what do you think about Louis? Um, okay, he to me is just like a copy of Brooks Ayers. He, I see that. He is I kinda think Dirty he's John. Man. Yeah, I see that too. I, but I see him, I can see that, absolutely, what you're saying. Um, because at first, when he was doing the whole thing with the family where he's like let's let's bring you all together like he genuinely seemed like kind of a nice guy doing that I thought that scene was well done he did a good job but at the same time I can see the Brooks side of it that you're saying like that's he's putting up a yeah an act to me it's like whenever there's a reality star who is kind of using those um like therapy buzzwords or words of affirmation like all of those things it to me reeks of someone who like they themselves need to undergo heavy therapy and like they've seen a therapist once and now they're just regurgitating everything regurgitating, they've heard totally we saw that with brooks we've seen that with like Kristen doty oh you know? yeah absolutely. it's always like the craziest one that the is like spouting one. off all of the therapy mumbo jumbo right. and then you know louis telling Teresa, you hear it turn the mic off yeah. you know and all those conversations so right. it's like well, okay, sir, you're, I, I get that you don't want to be on this show. You didn't sign up for this. You're in a relationship with Teresa, who is. 
But what are you hiding? And uh, Jackie actually said on, I think, like the after show or something, she was like, look, Louis, you signed up for this show just as much as Evan did, just as much right, as Bill right. did, just totally. as much as, you know, um, Joe, what, Joe Benino did. Yeah. Like, obviously, I think Joey Gorga is like more of a housewife than any totally. of them. But the rest of the husbands, like, they're all kind of there on the same accord. Mm-hmm. You can't say he's off limits but then everyone else's husband can be Has, talked about right and totally. once again it's like Teresa's hypocrisy right and I really have you seen the video yes it's so weird I haven't been able to find it oh really I yeah. wonder if they got it wiped or whatever I, I so here's it. the other thing he's like blatantly lying about it because in the video he's like apologizing to his old fiance oh, yeah. and like he's like clearly like begging for he her saying back that he, like, like he wants to yes, come back and yes, get married yes okay and now he's saying that it was like a breakup video, but that was not the at all the what case anybody at all. talks and about. And I, I also feel like I don't. I mean, again, I I have not gone to this like like weird caveman <laughs> relationship boot camp thing that he went to, <laughs> yeah. but I I have to assume that like if you're in any sort of toxic relationship where there are uh, like um, res- I don't know if there was like a restraining order, but there were definitely like like police were called and there were like things filed Mm -hmm. and all sorts of stuff. I have to assume that like your therapist or people involved would be like, we're going to cut off all contact. You're going to like focus on healing yourself, but you need to leave her alone. Like, would they really be like, okay, go record the craziest video you can (laughs) with all of your new crazy friends and send it to her. Cause that's going to help with your uh, restraining order. Your whole whole situation. Oh my God. I, yeah, I, to me, the vibes that I'm getting from Louis are just like, run, Teresa, run. Totally, totally. <laughs> and it's it's funny because her kids seem to really like him. Yeah. And I feel like they would be the ones that would catch the first whiff of, you know, a red flag. I don't know. I feel like we give the Judice girls a lot of credit and they're sweet girls, but I think it's really easy for us to see anyone from like the Real Housewives of New Jersey cast, like formulate a, a clear, coherent sentence, and we're just like, "Oh my God, they're a genius!" You know, right, right. <laughs> but it's because they're like next to Teresa, right? Absolutely. I, I don't. Th- I don't think that they're like the end all, be all of uh, intelligence and wisdom. I think right. they're just surrounded by morons. And even with um, Gia, who I love, mm-hmm. I love Gia. But even with her little fight with Joe, I. I could see a little, sense a little Teresa yeah. you know, coming oh, out of 100%. it. Yeah, 100%. And even, I, I, I think I've said this, I don't know if I said this on this podcast or I, one of the other podcasts I've done recently, but um, there, it, I was reminded of like last season when all of the stuff happened with Jackie and like using Gia as an analogy and all of that played out and, and Gia kind of got involved on social media. And I also didn't think hel- Gia helped in that situation either. Right, right. Um, so, so again, I, you know, I don't, again, she, I mean, she's a kid. I don't think that she should be the beacon of morality, right. but I think she gets put on that pedestal. She does. And I think she it's does. unfair and unwarranted. And she does have some good points though. She really does. She, you can tell that she's grown into a really, really great woman. Yes. Let me be 100% clear. She is smarter than your average Judice. Right. <laughs> Judice, whatever. Yeah, Judice. Yeah. <laughs> No, totally. Um, okay, let's talk about Real Housewives of Orange oh, County. Okay. How, how are you liking this season? I am loving it. I am too. I really am. I think that I love Heather's involvement in everything. And I kind of been seeing people go a little sideways on Heather though. Because yes. she's definitely 
they're coming for her a little bit, kind of like people were starting to do to Lisa Vanderpump. Coming for her and like saying like she's not who you think she is. Right. She's like not what she plays. Right. That's kind of how they're coming for Heather, which poor thing. Like yeah. I feel so bad for her because of course this is going to happen on a reality show, but like I really feel like Heather's very genuine and I love her family. I think yeah. it's amazing. So I feel bad for her in that way. But I love how she plays it out. She really holds her own. Oh, one hundred percent. I think she is. I think the Dubros are probably like the best example of a healthy, functional family totally. on The Real Housewives. Um, I think she was almost set up for failure in a way by Bravo in how they brought her back in such a grandiose way, totally. and like all of the marketing preseason was like. Like, you know, Fancy Let's Pants is back. Out. Like, yes. pop the champs. Like, yeah. it was all Heather Dubrow. And that puts a lot of pressure on, you know, everyone was was saying, like, she's she's being brought back to save the show. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot to put on one cast member on an ensemble show. Totally. Um, and ultimately, like, it's not her responsibility to save the show. It's all, yeah. it's everyone on the mm-hmm. shows. Um, yeah, I think people are coming for her. But I also think a lot of the things that she's being, you know, come out for are things that like we wanted to see like you totally. know I see people who are saying there's there's no real money in Orange County like where's the wealth where's like where are the mansions and then she comes back and she gives us that and she's talking about her $35,000 uh, catering bill from Nobu mm-hmm. and everyone's pissed like why is she talking about money and it's like right. well, it's like, th- well this what... is what you asked yeah. for <laughs> and even if you didn't ask for this is what I asked yeah, for and this is so what let I want, me have and I'm it please it. Okay. Okay. thank you um <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, I, I've always loved Heather. I'm a, a total Heather Dubrow apologist. I will 100%. And I'm an Orange County apologist too. A lot of people aren't liking the season. A lot of people are still thinking it's boring. Um, I think that it is it is uh, simultaneously back to basics while also being a breath of fresh air. Like that's what it feels like to me. It doesn't feel like the best season of Orange County that there ever right. has been. Right. But it feels like... To me, it's helping me forget about the last like three or four seasons. You totally, know? totally, I agree. And like, I will always, when it comes to Orange County, I will always live for the Tamara and Vicky days. Like, right. I will; those were my days. Yeah. Those were just the best. But what it is now, I don't think is at all the worst. Right, I, I totally agree, and you I know? think it's about getting it, getting us back to that you know, solid place and rebuilding legitimate friendships and, and relationships within the cast, which I think we are seeing. I actually do think that like Gina and Heather seem like a, like a really legitimate and fun friendship. Like I really totally. like their dynamic together. You know? I really do too. Um, I think we're seeing Shannon and Heather actually like, you know, know, forge a real friendship, which you know, over drugs, which I'm loving. Over. They're having like their euphoria <laughs> moment. Right. Um, but I'm loving it. And so I think by the end of this season, we will have established the foundation for hopefully a really great season 17. And if that means bringing back, um, you know, Vicky or Tamara or any of the other players that the fans miss, then sure, bring them back. But I think that what we've been doing, what we've been seeing in season 16 is definitely, you know, a a huge step up from the last several seasons. And I also am loving Emily, actually. Okay. I was going to ask, like, do you, I'm loving her. And especially the, bathing suit trying on scene just because like I think Emily's gorgeous she's beautiful and she looks amazing but you know when when they're trying on the baby bathing suits she she does stand 
she does she towers, towers over the rest of them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she does look like a bigger, you know. I mean, it's like housewife. putting like a Barbie doll next to a Lego. Exactly, yeah. but she looks amazing. Yeah, she but she, she just, looks great and curvy, but she's totally. a giant. But a giant. <laughs> but I just think that we need that. Yeah. I love it. She's great. I really, I, I love her friendship with Gina. Mm-hmm. I love. I do too. I love the friendship that's forming between the two of them and Heather. Um, I, I really like, I mean, people, it's weird because a lot of the fans, they see Heather, you know, hanging out with Gina or hanging out with, uh, with Emily. And they're like, these aren't real friendships. She wouldn't be friends with these people. Like she's slumming it. She like, you know, uh, has to fake it and like bring herself down for them and blah, blah, blah. But then these are the same people where like, if she wasn't being friends with them, they'd be like, Heather's such a bitch. Like she's so pretentious. She can't be friends with like people that aren't billionaires, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, it's like a lose lose, you know? So for me, I actually really enjoy seeing the dynamics play out where we're seeing people who are arguably on the, the opposite ends of like the socioeconomic spectrum becoming such good friends, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. um, kind of reminds me a little bit of like, Lisa Vanderpump and Brandy Glanville, like totally. that dynamic. The difference is like Gina is not a Brandy Glanville at all. At all. Um, but and I, I just love Gina's tagline where she's like, my house is still small. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she owns it. You know, she's, I love it. Yeah, it's great. It's it. great. Okay. What do you think about Noella? Okay. Um, I absolutely, I'm going to be... I'm going to get hate probably. I just am not into it. I don't think you'll get hate for that. I'm just not into, I think that her personality type is, she's hasn't really figured herself out yet. Yeah. Like she's like, you know what? I, I can do this. I can play this game. No, you can't. Because yeah. every time anybody pushes something on you, you retaliate in the biggest way possible. Right. I'm sorry, Heather DeBrow. I didn't eat my whole plate. Right. Like, right. Yeah. Know, it's so like, ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. Yeah. And I, I feel for her, for her situation. But I don't think she acts everything out as as well as she could. Yeah, and I also think she is just so laser focused on Heather that it laser like focused. it it kind of takes away all of her credibility. Like that's not to say that she's never made any good points about Heather and that none of her opinions are are valid or truthful to her experience. They very might well be, but it's like. Heather breathes and Noella is, you know, so upset about it. Or like, like Gina will say something or Emily will say something and Noella will be like, oh, did Heather make you say that? You know? And so it's like (laughs) you, you're so laser focused on Heather that it's like, you're the boy who cried wolf now, Uh, you know, Mm -hmm. for every 12 grievances you have, maybe half of one is true. So like no one cares anymore. Right. And it's like, even the situation with um, her, you know, and when Heather was like, you gave my daughter porn right. for her birthday, Noella flipped out until Heather brought out the picture evidence right. of what each card said. Right. And then she was all of a sudden like, oh my God, I didn't even know. I'm so sorry. So it's like, you're going, it's, you go it's, so full throttle and then you and have then you, to, you make yourself look like an idiot because exactly. you have to like backtrack. Exactly. And I feel like that's consistent with her throughout this season. Yeah. So I just, I, I just am not into it. Yeah. And one thing that a lot of the fans are saying, like the only 
the only positives that I see about Noella is like, well, she's the only one bringing a story, you know, like she's the one that's bringing Mm -hmm. conversation. And like without Noella, there would be nothing going on. And I do not subscribe to that opinion because we cannot say what would be happening if Noella wasn't there because we don't know. Like Noella is the type of person that clearly sucks all of the energy out of the room. Mm -hmm. So my opinion is, is that like the reason why none of the other girls have any sort of drama with each other is because like there's there's no opportunity when Noelle is around. Exactly. She doesn't allow them any time to even like focus on the other women. At all. And Gina kind of makes that clear too when she, you know, asked Heather, can she be invited on this trip? Because, you know, I want to make sure she's doing okay. That kind of just opens up the whole box of like, we got to babysit Noella. Right. And that's kind of how the show is going where yeah. everybody feels like that need. Exactly. And then they go on the vacation and Gina's like, well, I regret this, right. you know? Like- right. Well, and when there's one person that's like a lightning rod for all of the drama, of course, all of the ladies are going to be focused on that and looking at that and not engaging with each other other than maybe to be like, what the fuck is Noella doing? Totally. You know? So if you removed Noella, then maybe we would have Heather and Emily going at each other. Maybe there would be different things happening with like Jen and Shannon. Who totally, knows? But, but we don't. Know. We don't know because like Noella is just like sucking all of the life out of everything. Right. Totally. You know, I also think, unfortunately, um, you know, I think she was brought in to be a counterpoint to Heather, uh, bringing some opulence and money back. And unfortunately by her second episode, all of the money was gone. Right. So right. I, I don't think that we got to see the Noella that like casting wanted us to see, you know, yeah, I think we I t- were I supposed agree. to see another I mean, don't get me wrong. She's beautiful. She's got great style, great fashion. She really does. But like, we're not seeing like the private jet. We're not seeing like the fancy cars. Mm-hmm. We're not seeing her going out shopping. We're hearing her talk about how she has to squat in her house because she can't pay her rent. Right. So right. it's like a very different Noella than what we were supposed to get. I, I totally. And agree. I think again, it would have been a different show had there been another rich bitch, you know. And right. that's not to say that I mean she and Heather probably still would have butted heads, but it it would have been a much more exciting and interesting show. It would have been if, a different dynamic. Right, if it was like two uber rich bitches going mm-hmm. up against each other rather than like whatever Noella is now like biting at Heather's heels. It totally. You know? But I will say also that Noella's um confessional look, the white dress, mm-hmm. phenomenal. Yes, but her her Boobs I look love weird. the boobs. They look like plasticky. Did they you... do look plasticky, but I think they're perfectly set up. I, just, I love it. I mean, yeah, they're in the right spot. They, but like, they they're made of Play-Doh. I don't know. It's, it's weird. It's weird. Okay. Um, what do you think about Shannon this season? Okay, I was going to ask you the same thing because I can't really get a read. I'm actually liking her. I like Shannon when she's in like her fun moments. Like I loved Boat Shannon. Oh my God. I, I love, <laughs> I love microdosing Shannon. I love that. Um, okay. I'm going to say something. I, I, I don't think it's a negative. So I hope you don't take it, like take offense to it. Mm-hmm. Shannon Bedore reminds me a lot of you sometimes. Really? Yeah. In, okay. in those moments where she like lets out of her shell a little bit mm-hmm. because she's someone where it's like, okay, you know that if she had her way, she would be like at home in bed, but she like, <laughs> she came to the party and she's going to try and have as much fun as possible. That's very so true. in all of those moments, like when she's like, you know, like grinding on Emily at the lunch after like having a bite of edible or whatever, it's just something that, that like, I would do. Yeah. It just like reminds <laughs> me of you, you know, it's like, we got Brittany out no, of the shell. Absolutely. It's yeah. I absolutely see that because I, when I'm in in my shell there's no getting me out right. but when I do choose to come out I'm gonna bring what I can yeah and exactly. I feel like Shannon does the exact same yeah I think she's doing I really like her this season I think she looks great yeah. I think she looks phenomenal um 
I just want to like get more of her and her boyfriend. I want to see more of like their dynamic to see because I just want to see where I think she's going to go. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Again, I think it's been tough. I think so much of the story, unfortunately, has been focused on Noella. Um, mm-hmm. So we're not seeing a ton of other stuff. But I mean, we've still got a handful of episodes left. Um, I'm hopeful and yeah, I'm enjoying the season too. So anyone who's not liking it, I I mean, they can't all be like, not every season of every city can be like the FBI showing up or, you know, like, like stealing diamonds from widows. It just, they can't, they can't all be that dramatic, you know? Totally. But I mean, I do miss some Beverly Hills, you know, for that. It's coming soon. Coming soon. Oh, this was so fun, Britt. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me on here. I think you're going to become like a regular staple (laughs) on Blonde Hair, Black Heart. I hope so. So listeners, if you want more of Britney with Crohn's. Please do. (laughs) Let me know. Um, Make sure to follow us on social media at Blonde Hair, Black Heart. Go and like or subscribe to the podcast and give us a five-star rating or review. We got some one stars after our last week's episode. Here's the thing, guys. Uh, If you love the content, if you love what I'm saying, give me five stars. If you don't, just turn it off. Like, you you don't have to give me one star. That's really rude. (laughs) All right, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.